Welcome down to my nine-foot homemade oak bar. Pour yourself a cold one. You are listening to Bucks in the Basement. My name's Chris, and Craig here is the biggest Pirates fan you'll ever meet. Let's talk Pirates baseball now. Welcome to Bucks in the Basement. Now I see the changes in this town. They change, they say one thing, but then the next day. My name is Chris, his name is Craig, this is Bucks in the Basement, 30 minutes of Bucks for fans, by fans, and my friend. Uh, So much to talk about here as spring training comes to a close. Uh, O'Neal Cruz sent down almost right after our episode came out last week when we were debating what are they going to do with him. What's interesting though is, a lot of other teams taking their prospects and instead of manipulating service time, which is, you know, I don't care what the Pirates say. That's what you're doing by not starting the season with Cruz, especially with Greg Allen's hamstring injury. Like, wouldn't O'Neal Cruz make an awful lot of sense as another, like, you know, body that you could put in the outfield or the infield or whatever you're going to do? But no, no, no. You're going to hold him down for a little while for some more seasoning with, like, those quotation error quotes over your head when you're yeah, saying de- it. Develop, he's down right. for developmental right. purposes. Right, But you see all these other teams bringing their guys right up on opening day. Bobby Wood Jr. is going to be doing it for the Kansas City Royals. What do you think about that? Well, for me, Chris, I mean, you got Bobby Wood Jr., you got Julio Rodriguez, and Julio Rodriguez is one of the the bigger ones just because he's actually not taken a step into AAA. So there's there's a big one right there. You've got Spencer Torkelson. Riley Green would have been there for the Tigers, but, you know, he's he's got like a broken foot or something going on there. You got Hunter Green and Nicoladolo for the Reds. I'm just going to throw the Reds out there because the Reds, it you can't even go off of what they do because we've already had shows where we talked about how bad the Reds were with this rebuild and how they got guys in way too early. And now you have all these guys coming up like Jonathan India last year. And you should have been building at this point, but they built too soon. So now they had to tear it down, and you have to bring up Hunter Green. You have to bring up Nicodolo because you don't have five starters anymore. So I toss them out. But the other teams, and especially the Mariners, the Mariners are so close right now. I mean, they're like they were like a 90-win team last year. Like they are like on the precipice of being like possible legit contenders, and you're gonna bring that guy up to compete. If you look at the Tigers and you look at the Royals, people will say, oh, the Tigers and the Royals, whatever. The Tigers and the Royals actually, I think, won around like 75 games last year. So in that central where, you know, the the Indians are kind of, you know, being the Indians, sorry, Guardians, they're being the Guardians now. <laughs> you got to get it right. I know you got to get it right. They're being the guardians, but I keep on seeing that Cleveland and I see the Indians. I know you see the C and the problem is they were using the C for so long. The new, the new C doesn't really remind you that the team name changed. That's the problem. Like if they, if they wouldn't have been using the C or if they they had G up there, just put the G up there. If they would have gone with something that wasn't just C for Cleveland, which they have been using, 
it would remind you that they were the Guardians. But because of the fact we're just going with another C on their hats, you, it doesn't it doesn't click in your head. It's going to take a while. Yeah, but you have those two teams, you know, looking to either, you know, maybe surprise the White Sox who are dealing with a little bit of injury stuff at the beginning of the year, but are, you know, kind of up there and should be the winner of that division. But with that extra team added in into the playoff pictures, they're thinking, you know what, maybe if we can like in a little bit of a down year for this division, if we can kind of creep up there a little bit more, then they can be a little bit more competitive. And you also have to think that, you know, they had their bad years in like 2018, 2019. So 2020, 2021, they start taking their steps forward. The Pirates haven't taken that step forward yet. And yes, we all know it's service manipulation, but I would like to think that if the Pirates were where the Tigers were and where the Royals were, that they were able to get up into the 70-win range and were building up towards something, that they would know where their window was a little bit better and that O'Neill Cruz would be up there. Do you think that the Pirates have a chance of taking that step forward? I mean, look, I'm looking at the Fangraphs projections for the lineup for the Pirates, right? And I, you know, I just wanted to get the lineup in front of me and, you know, spring training can get confusing. You get guys that get hot, you get guys that, that are cold, just kind of getting an idea of who's going to be on the roster. And I see, let's, let's count them off here in my, in my head and then we'll go into it. I see one, two, three interesting starters, maybe four interesting starters in their starting nine that are going to take the field uh, on opening day. And then I see a pitching rotation that's got Mitch Keller and a couple of interesting names that could take another step this year. So do you think before we jump into this, I want to know what you think the, the roster is going to look like and who's the starting five and, and who, and who's playing in what position mainly, even if they're not there every day, do you think that another step can be taken this year that they could actually take their foot, move it out the door and do the first baby step? I'm actually kind of worried, Chris, and I, I'm, and this is why I'm worried is because last year, I mean, you had Adam Frazier for over, you know, the first half of the season having a career year, but you did have Cabrian Hayes who was injured, so his health, and he did roll his ankle, and now he's like at fifty percent running. So great job, Cabrian Hayes. That kind of stinks to start off the year, but I thought that you know you had Tyler Anderson, you had guys that were. We're playing pretty well, and you're hoping that you're going to get a repeat from Brian Reynolds, and you were a 101-loss team. So it's going to take, you know, I don't know, for me to think they can take a step forward, I think it's going to be more interesting this year because you're going to get to see a lot of the younger guys and a lot of more players, you know, coming up from AAA like we talked about before, where you're going to actually get to see the Pirates brought up instead of hopefully, you know, those waiver claims and stuff. But I could see this as like just another like middling year before they take the step forward next year. And, and that's what kind of frustrates me right now. I think you're being a little too negative. Let's let's go through the list right here. Fangraphs kind of breaking down the different positions and how they think it's going to shake out on opening day. Daniel Volgobeck, the DH, and uh, Sasugo is going to be the first baseman. They're interchangeable. You You agree with that, correct? Yeah, I mean, that's that's why you brought Vogel back in, you know, and so... Neither so one can, of these guys, in my mind, are a part in any way of a championship team or a team that even makes the postseason. They're just, they're, they're filling space 
and hopefully giving a little bit of protection maybe to a player that you're trying to develop so that you don't have just a big pile of suck on the field. That's kind of how I see them. Yeah, that's what they are. Exactly what they are. All right. So now let's take a look at the rest of the infield first. Diego Castillo projected to be the starting second baseman. That may not be the way it is on opening day. If Greg Allen isn't ready to go with the hamstring issue, you might see Castillo in the outfield. You might see Cole Tucker move into the outfield, but Diego Castillo, possibly the everyday second baseman to start the year. Kevin Newman is over at short and Cabrian Hayes is at third. I see that as Newman's a placeholder until O'Neill Cruz gets here. And then Cabrian Hayes is definitely a major league baseball player in your long-term plans. And Diego Castillo uh, not a bad little player. He could he could hang in there until a prospect shows up and, and pushes him out, but he's going to be a professional baseball player, I think, at second base. That's not a bad second, short, third, especially when Cruz gets up. Yeah, and that's a pretty big win for Ben Sherrington on this if Castillo turns out to be that because, I mean, you basically just gave up Clay Holmes to get him and Hoy Park. And they're both going to make the team, right? Hoy Park should make the team as well, right? Hoy Park should make the team at this point in time. I mean, he he hasn't done anything um, during spring training, which I know spring training numbers, you can't look at like everything there. But I mean, he hasn't really done anything to say that he shouldn't be on the team at this point in time. But Castillo could be a great find. Uh, it's somebody that, you know, we were saying he, he should have been protected on the 40 man. They did that. And that he got his chance here. He played well last year in in Double A in Somerset before coming over to Altoona. Then went up to Indianapolis, continued to play well. And he's a guy that's pretty much earned his opportunity here. And that could be one of those little notches uh, for Ben Sherrington to just be like a not like one of those like sneaky good finds. You know what? And I'm going to toot your horn here in Bucks in the Basement. I don't think you heard enough about Diego Castillo from anybody else except for Bucks in the Basement. You were all over the fact he should be protected. You had uh, information on him the moment he showed up, and you had positive reviews of him in the minor leagues. You 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 nailed that. If Diego Castillo is the everyday second baseman to start off this year, and then he does well this year, kudos to you, my friend. No, I appreciate that, man. Yeah, we had uh, we had John Moses on right after he got called up, and then we we talked about him a decent amount because they had been uh, him and Spencer Smith had been. Uh, over for the uh, Yankees organization for uh, as their broadcaster, so they had some good information on him from there as well. Yeah, they've been they've been on the show before. We're lucky to have those folks when they're able to stop in and chat with Bucks in the basement in the outfield. Ben Gamble, Greg Allen, they're in the corners. Brian Reynolds out in center field. That makes sense to you, I would assume. Gamble's a Gamble's not a bad player. I, I don't know what he'll be, crafty veteran, fourth outfielder, not on the team when this team is finally competitive. Brian Reynolds, if you can if you can extend this guy, this is a cornerstone player on your team, Greg Allen in the other corner outfield position. Yeah, and that kind of stinks for Greg Allen because uh, he, he did tweak that hammy when he's like tagging up on a sack fly to try to score, and it's like he's done, you know, he he didn't have to I shouldn't say all these guys have done everything they can to you know make the team or whatever but I mean he didn't have much competition out there because Anthony Alford hasn't played in a while and he when he did play he was playing terrible and they're saying he's got a problem with his hand uh but you know Greg Allen actually looked uh looked pretty good uh fast as anything like was was crazy fast uh so I mean I think it's it's actually a better outfield than we started with last year. So that's very positive. I mean, it found us, you know, through Kai Tom and 
Dustin Fowler and Anthony Alford and all these other players, uh, Ildemardo Vargas, uh, to get to Ben Gamble. So Ben Gamble is, I know I talk, I don't say junk on him because he is a fourth outfielder, but he's he's a solid Major League Baseball player. And with him out there with Reynolds and hopefully Allen, uh, if you got to substitute, you know, Tucker or uh, Castillo out there for a little bit, even a Hoy Park out there, uh, to fill that in, I mean, that's definitely looking better than it did last year. So if I'm watching the Pirates right now, and, and Roberto Perez is the catcher, I didn't mean to skip over him there. If I'm watching the Pirates right now, I'm interested in Brian Reynolds, Cabrian Hayes. What is Diego Castillo going to do? Currently on the roster, Michael Chavis. Like, what? when am I going to get out of him? Is there something there? Is Cole Tucker ever going to put anything together that's going to make me excited? Uh, what is Hoy Park at 26 years old, is there another is there another step that he takes? He's still young. There's still more you might see out of him. And I'm waiting on O'Neill Cruz. Did I miss anybody? Is that pretty much the notables that you're watching this year? Everybody else is basically a background guy in my mind. Yeah, I mean, everything's a, a background right now. Unfortunately, you know, Travis Swaggerty uh, could have, with Greg Allen's injury, could have jumped into that. But he had some sh- shoulder soreness himself during spring training. But yeah, everybody else, I mean, you, you're going to hear about some of these guys. We're going to be talking about them, who, what they're doing in Indianapolis and stuff. But to start off the season on the surface, like that's that's where your team's at. And Michael Chavis right now, man, he looked bad. He's a fun guy. He, you know, burst onto the scene with Boston, had 18 home runs in his rookie year, looked like he was like on his way to, you know, being a regular there, kind of has fallen off a little bit. Yeah. I still think he's going to make the team, but if you're talking about guys that, you know, just, you just didn't see it, you know, in the little bit of time we've gotten to see them so far this spring, he just, he just didn't look good. There were a couple of guys who were non-roster invitees or guys that were in spring training that are not making the team that are interesting, either way down the line or might actually make the team before the season is over. And I know you were probably really interested in Henry Davis and Andy Rodriguez at the catcher position. Was there anybody else that stuck out in your mind in spring training, or is that it? I mean, in spring training, I mean, Carter Benz, uh, he didn't look too bad. I, I, he did make a swing change, and you know that was something I was concerned about. So from like the catcher position, I'm seeing that there. I mean, Nick Gonzalez you're going to be looking for, but I, he's going to be down in Altoona for right now. I, I will say Cody Bolton on the pitching side. I mean, now we're going to get to pitching, but I, I'm really looking forward to see how he comes because uh, he's been off for the past two years, one with an injury, one with, you know, because there wasn't any minor league baseball. Uh, Kanan Smith and Jigba, Cal Mitchell. I mean, there's just a ton of guys there. But for right now, I mean, it pretty much is like we're waiting for Ono Cruz. Does anybody else come up this year? Is there anybody that you think could make it up onto the roster by like midway point of the season that might fight their way on there based upon what you saw last year in the minor leagues and what you saw in spring training. I mean, it, 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 are any of these uh, these middle infielders, Pagaro, uh, Marcano, I mean, are any of these guys going to fight their way up? Does Swaggerty make his way onto the team uh, when his shoulder is better based upon the fact that without with take Reynolds out of the picture, there's not really a guy in the outfield right now that you're like, yeah, that guy's definitely on my my division-winning team in a couple of years. If Swaggerty's healthy, I think he's probably the first call-up. Marcano, I've I've not been real, you know, 
been not real pleased with that pickup by Ben Sherrington. He loved him, wanted him in the Joe Musgrove deal, kind of fought to get him in the Adam Frazier deal, gave the Padres money to get him thrown in on the deal. And from all reports I've heard that his like ceiling right now is like Adam Frazier light, which yeah. Adam Frazier's a good ball player, but yeah. like, yeah, I mean, I, I just haven't seen anything from him. I mean, I would think that it would be between like maybe a, maybe a Kanan Smith and Jigba or, or Jack Sawinski to, to possibly unseat Swaggerty to come up here and be in the outfield. I mean, they're going to need a, a fourth outfielder here at some point. I'm just wondering how they're going to play this right now to make sure that guys, you know, get regular at bats. But I think there are going to be some guys, but I think it's going to be more like that pitching carousel that we've seen in between AAA and the Pirates. But there are some guys that, you know, I think could fight their way, but I think it's going to be more um, in the outfield because uh, the infield right now is is fairly crowded. All right, let's rank your pitchers, starting staff, Ace through number five to start the year. Fangraphs goes Brubaker, Quintana, Keller, Wilson, and Zach Thompson. Do you agree with that? Do you change it at all? Um, I don't think I don't think I changed too much of it just because you know Brubaker in the first half of last year uh was the best pitcher on the team. Uh gets the opening nod for, you know, for opening day, and, and that's like a pretty big deal. I think it was probably between him and and Keller. Uh, Keller looks to be, I think, maybe going to be getting the uh, the home opener, depending on how it works out. But, I mean, I think they're finally deciding that Will Crow uh, is going to the bullpen. I don't totally disagree with that. I think that, you know, he has a lot of good pitches and can be used as a, as a long man. But I do think that at some point in time this year, you probably will see him back in the starting rotation because as we know, how many times does an entire starting rotation stay healthy? And people might be looking for that call-up for, you know, Rowanzi or, you know, a start from Yuhure or Kranich or whoever it may be, you know, a Bolton down at, at AAA. But I could easily see, you know, Will Crow sliding right back in there uh, into the starting rotation. But I, I that's pretty much our best our best five or the most intriguing five um, that they have right now outside of Quintana. Quintana is your veteran. He's your, you know, hopefully innings eater at this point in time in his career. Uh, If you get a little bit of a spark from him, maybe you can flip him the way you did with Tyler Anderson. That's what you're looking from him. For me, you're looking Brubaker. You're looking Keller. You're hoping what Zach Thompson you know, did last year with the Marlins and the pedigree he came with up through the system with the White Sox was real. You're hoping that, you know, Atlanta didn't give Bryce Wilson the time that he needed and he just needed a change of scenery because Bryce Wilson has had a very similar uh, trajectory here to Keller that we've seen where he's been up and down uh, from the major league team to triple A uh, has performed well within the minors, uh, but then kind of got stuck in between that, you know, the AAA uh, major league spot. So he's he's a guy that, you know, they're hoping they found something there. I, I'm real interested to see Zach Thompson for an entire year. That's a guy that I, I mean. That's a guy I want to see. That's a guy I want to yeah. see do well because I drafted him my fantasy baseball team. 
I put him on there <laughs> because he's relief pitcher eligible and I can use him as a starter. And I was like, this is great. I can stick Zach, Zach Thompson out there. And if he does what I think he's going to do this year, and he's just a, even if he's above average, he's going to help my fantasy team. And if he starts really pitching, I mean, look, this guy still has the capability. There is the possibility at his age, there's another gear. And you saw a little bit of it last year. You know, right now, he's the fifth starter, according to fan graphs. He could be a guy that moves up a little bit higher in your rotation if there's something there that's being unlocked. I, he, I always thought he was a sneaky good pickup. I really thought it was kind of a, a nice move to add him into the mix. And it's paid off because, look, he, he's going to make the team and he's going to be pitching. And, and, you know, it, you don't end up getting him. Then you're, then you're looking at all these guys that aren't in the starting rotation right now as your fifth. And I, so I, I like him. I like his potential. I'm curious, is there a guy that is not making this team that's going down the AAA to pitch that you think could break into this rotation at some point this year? I mean, it's, it's Ronzi. I mean, that's the guy. How soon? That he, How soon and what does he have to do to get up? Because I know Pirates fans are clamoring for him. Okay. You can go on any prospect list and you can see him there. There, there are there are people outside of the Pittsburgh market that bring him up and talk about his potential. So when does he get here, Craig? I mean, I think this is probably going to be a, a another like I'm looking for him probably like after the trade deadline. I know that people will maybe want to see him sooner. I know that they want to manage his innings uh, because he was out with like a full, a forearm issue last year and don't want to see because a lot of times you see those forearm issues the next thing you know you see is an elbow issue and the next thing you know you see is Tommy John so and I know they could have you know limited his innings um, up here in the major leagues I think that would have came you know as in more of a relief role which you know we've seen Guys who have been starters their entire careers break onto the major league roster out of the bullpen, long relief, and then work their way back in the rotation. But I think that with AAA, like they they have it set up pretty nice now in the minors, where it's like six days on, one day off. So every team has kind of gone to that six man rotation. So you can, I feel like you have an ability to limit those innings a little bit more um, down in the minor leagues. So I. I could see him, you know, he just has to perform like he did last year. And he should probably be up sooner, but I don't think, I think they're looking for him to be like opening day rotation next year and whatever they can get out of him this year and keep him healthy is kind of what they're going to do. Yeah. And something else that, uh, you know, you don't think about until you look at this roster on paper and then it just jumps out at you because you kind of forget about it is that take Jose Quintana out of this. You don't have any starting pitchers either in your rotation or coming up soon that pitch left-handed. It's like all righty pitchers. All your, you know, you're never throwing a team off in a series because they've got to change their lineup in any way. I, it's so interesting to me, but it's something that, I mean, you know, when you're in a rebuild, you don't worry about that stuff. There'll be a point when this team is being put together for its actual run, hopefully, to start winning, that that makes a difference. Yeah, and I think uh, I think it's Omar Cruz is one guy uh, lucky to not have the Rule 5 because they, ch- they chose not to protect him um, that we could see at some point in time. I'm not sure if it's going to be this year uh, that that's going to happen. 
Um, but other than that, yeah, I mean, it's like, it's weird. <laughs> Isn't it weird? Like if you looked at a 40 man roster for any other baseball team, you would not see just one left-handed starting pitcher. You wouldn't see Yeah, it. It's really hard to find a team like that. So, I mean, uh, there's a lot of team building, you know, first what you do is you get rid of your pieces and you try to grab prospects. And then what you do is you try to find any talent anywhere and you're just throwing things against the wall and you're trying to see if they stick and everything like that. At some point, though, you look around, you go, wait a minute, hold on a second. Like my lineup is too right handed or my pitching staff is too right handed. And then you have to make that adjustment. That's something down the line. That's a good problem to have. That means that things are taking another step and the Pirates then have to make some kind of moves. Now, let's talk about the future and the extension talk with Cabrian Hayes before we get out of here, because I find that very interesting. You know, we know for a fact they tried to get Brian Reynolds extended. You and I do this podcast and you know, we're around baseball people. We talk to a lot of people in the know and a lot of people that, you know, talk to members of the team and everything like that. It seems to us that they've made multiple attempts, you know, yes. either if it's a conversation or something formal to extend Brian Reynolds, and it's not going the way that they want it to. And then you also have, you know, Cabrian Hayes here, where they see him as a long-term piece, and now they're trying to extend him. And whenever a team tries to extend somebody, what do they go for, Craig? A team-friendly deal? Oh, they, I mean, that's where they go. I mean, that's where the, the, the team's going for, absolutely. Right, because <laughs> that's, that's how extensions work. Well, the problem with a team-friendly deal is the player's giving something up. So... He, he's getting security, but he also kind of wants to know whether or not he's going to be mired in mediocrity on a crappy team that isn't ever going to do anything, and he's going to lose 100 games a year every year. I, I think it is harder to extend a guy until he starts to have some confidence in the organization. I'm sure Jacob Stallings, leaving the Pirates, or, you know, it seemed like Reynolds and Stallings were friends. I'm sure Jacob Stallings leaving the Pirates didn't help with him wondering whether or not he was going to be stuck on a team that loses every year, especially if he signs an extension. He needs, I think he needs to see a Cabrian Hayes extension and uh, some life coming from players and an O'Neill Cruz on the field playing before you're going to be able to get him extended because you need to start making that guy believe that, hey, yeah, I'll take this team-friendly deal, not risk going in the open market where I could make more, but you're also telling him if you take this deal, you're not going into the open market where you can go play for a winner. And these guys, in the end, money matters a lot, but they're also athletes and they're competitors, and they don't want to sit around on a team that's going to lose 100 games every year, right? Yeah, and they've gone after Cabrian Hayes before, and you know, with Cabrian Hayes, he had you know the, the magical month in the 2020 season. And that's it. Unfor unfortunately got hurt last year. And now, like I said earlier, he, you know, rolled an ankle and has only been running at 50%. So, I mean, of course, I mean, they're probably going to go after him and it's it's probably going to be a low ball offer because they're going to basically say, you know, Cabrian, we, we know what's in there, buddy. We know you're a gold glove third baseman if you're in there every day. You know, we've seen what you can do with the bat. But, you know, this is this is probably our best offer for right now because, you know, we want you to be a part of the long-term plans, but we got to also see that you're going to be healthy too. So this is the offer, bud. And, you know, I can see him saying, you know, <laughs> and his dad whispering in his ear as a former major leaguer saying, oh, they're lowballing you, kid. You know, you're, you're worth way more than that. And 
so I didn't really see, you know, Cabrian Hayes signing that extension just yet. But if he goes out there and tears it up, I don't know if I see him signing the extension either, because then he'll be thinking, oh, how long is it till I'm a free agent and can get a big contract? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, here's the thing. Um, it's a tricky business trying to get guys to extend on any team. It's got to be a lot trickier on a team like the Pirates that don't notoriously pay an awful lot of money, don't have it in the budget because ownership doesn't spend, uh, which is funny because I, I saw the Forbes magazine article and Bob Nutting ranks up there with uh, other owners that are spending an awful lot more money this year. You know, ter- like they were like, oh, how much is he worth? He's worth, I, I, I want to say Jerry Reinsdorf of the White Sox and him were like right next to each other in the in the pages of Forbes when they were listing like baseball owners worths. Uh, Jerry Reinsdorf's team is spending almost $200 million this year. Compare that to the Pirates. Okay. So, I mean, it's got to be difficult to extend players until you can convince them that A, uh, they're going to succeed here. And B, that it, it's worth it. It's worth it for them not to go onto the open market because of what the Pirates culture is going to be. It's a difficult job. Ben Charrington isn't just like trying to rebuild a team that that has had success and then went on uh, on hard times. It's been a long time, really, since anybody sat there and said the Pirates could win the World Series and the Pirates spend money, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I mean it's, it, it's not too, too long ago, but here's the thing is in baseball terms, if you're going back like you know, seven years, baseball terms, long time. that's, that's a long time ago. And, and like you saw, I mean, the extensions came in, you know, in, in clumps at that point in time, there was, you know, some that worked out and some didn't. You had a Jose Tabata who looked like he was going to play well. You had Greg, Gregory Polanco. Those two didn't work out too well. Starling Marte and, and Andrew McCutcheon worked out pretty well for you there. So, I mean, like you said, Chris, it's it's like, okay, if Brian sees Cabrian sign, then he's just maybe like, okay, maybe they're maybe they're thinking about doing something. Maybe I'll stick around too. And it's the same way around. It's like maybe if Brian signs, then Cabrian's like, you know what? I, I, I might be able to go a little bit more in the open market, but it looks like they're really doing something here, and I, I like being here. And especially, I mean, like I think the next one that's going to come up is, you know, Ono Cruz. So it's like, you're looking at like three of those guys and you're hoping that you can get one to extend so that once it starts, it kind of is like almost like a little bit of a snowball effect. And the only other thing that's going to do that is is winning. I mean, a, a winning culture. If you start winning, guys will want to be here and guys will want to stay here longer. Now I see the changes in this town. They change, they say one thing but they-